Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul podcast with Robert Glasscock. Robert, I know we've been reading the, and very grateful for you all leaving these wonderful reviews of the podcast, but the one that really stuck out to me was somebody said they were constantly checking their phone to see if there was a new episode. Don't you love that? Yes, I do. So thank you for that very much. And yes, there is a new episode. We are right in the middle of this series of the Nodes of the Moon. And this episode is going to be about Gemini and Sagittarius. So if you have North Node in either Gemini or Sag, or in the third or ninth and the south node. Robert, get me out of this. You explain what we're going to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these nodes are fascinating. I just want to recap a little bit for people because most astrologers, I think, certainly I did in the beginning, I kind of relegated the nodes to a secondary position. I know I've known astrologers who really don't pay much attention to them even. And yet, as you, as you go along and, and read more and learn more about the notes, I think they're hugely important and they are connected, obviously, with the moon and everything that the moon symbolizes. And all they are, the, the nodes, are the two points where the moon, which the moon's orbit is inclined to the ecliptic, which is the Earth's orbit around the sun or the sun's apparent motion in the sky, whichever you want. So the moon at certain points will cross the ecliptic going south. And at that point in the zodiac, that's called the descending mode or node or the south node. At the opposite point, the moon's orbit will We'll take it above the ecliptic, and that is what we call the, the north node. Did I get these right? It's the south node, which when, when it's descending, and the north node when it's ascending above the ecliptic. So these the node points are actually eclipse points because eclipses can only occur on or near the nodes. So what are symbolized is a polarity because each node is opposite the other. So you've got two sign archetypes and two house archetypes that are connected with your moon's nodes. And they also carry with them not only all the associations of the moon's archetype, but also all the associations with an eclipse. So they turn out to have a lot of very powerful uh, significance and meaning in astrology. I think of them as being a sort of existential conflict that everybody is born with, the polarity between the two nodes. So where they are located by house position, those matters will take on the coloration of either the north node or the south node, whichever one is in that house. And and that carries some specific meanings for those houses. Also, the two signs that they're in carry very specific meaning. So we're going to talk about the North Node in the third house or in Gemini and the North Node in Sagittarius or the ninth house today. Of course, with the North Node in Gemini or in the third house, the South Node is going to be in Sagittarius or up in the ninth. And the existential conflict, now this is simplistic, but it's no less valuable. The existential conflict with the North Node in the third or in Gemini uh, is between the search for big ideas, big causes in life, big philosophies, uh, great 
psychological and spiritual wisdom, even fame, uh, and, and the search for travel and adventure internally and externally, and for variety and diversity, but above all, communication. Uh, both signs, Gemini and Sagittarius, or the third and the ninth, are particularly concerned with communications, especially the routine ones, which we carry through every day in the third house, all the transactions in the grocery store, at the pharmacy, with our friends going out for lunch. All of these transactions involve communication. On a higher level, uh, you get into the, say, higher education or the more public kinds of communication. So all of the media communications, broadcasting and the internet and books and schools and higher education and so on are all symbolized in that archetype of the ninth and Sagittarius. So this polarity then has this the two ends of it. One is taking care of business on a day-to-day -day basis. And the third house archetype, your third house archetype, the sign on the cusp, for example, will tell you as an astrologer how a person thinks how they handle the, the myriad details of everyday living, how they are organized or not, how they are focused or not, how persistent they are, how they network. Um, also, it will tell you this third, ninth axis about their higher education, if any, uh, and their higher training to excel in some profession, let's say, or some field, and also just the sheer time and experience and, and elimination of distractions that are required to actually achieve these big ideas and big plans and big hopes that they have. So that's really the, the nut of this axis from the third ninth of Gemini Sag when the nodes are there. Not just the routine day-to-day -day communications that we do, but taking this up to a higher level, which does include teaching and speaking um, and writing and publishing and public life in fields like uh, law or politics or education or in the media and entertainment or psychological or medical counseling or collective causes that better the community or better nations even or even better the planet's ecology and animal life, or even for people who are seeking fame. So there's a lot of restless intellectual and nervous energy and, and impatience with the self and with others. This is with the note in, in Gemini, the North Node. Uh, to stay busy all the time. And, and one of the results of this is, or can be a tendency to get all preoccupied with the trees and, and miss the, the forest. And there can also be, with the North Node in the third or in Gemini, advantages in life through relatives, siblings, neighbors, all these third house people that are contained in that archetype. But at the same time, relatives or siblings can complicate things because there are karmic ties of misunderstandings and missed communications 
sometimes even involving unresolved legal or financial issues that are often carried over from past life associations with these siblings or relatives. And this idea of the past life comes into the nodes, Thomas, through its association with the moon itself. These are the moon's nodes. And the moon, among other things, is connected with our sense of roots and family and origins and ancestors. So it's, it's got this association with the past that's inherent in it, which is one of the reasons, I think, why the nodes are considered by a lot of astrologers to be karmic. And one of the most invaluable tips that I could give anybody, I guess, with the North Node in the third or in Gemini is to learn that listening is as or even more powerful than talking. So there's a tendency here to have strong opinions that aren't necessarily based on facts, but kind of secondhand information or misinformation or superficial information or uh, secondhand dogma uh, or just simple laziness or superficiality. But these people are natural preachers and teachers. But there are times then with this position where those roles carried to extremes are seen as uh, self-righteous or argumentative or petty or contradictory or hypocritical or scattered or evasive. And if we reverse these positions and now think of the North Node in Sagittarius and in the Ninth House, or in the Ninth House, <clears throat> then you have to imagine the South Node in Gemini, or the Third House, and the North Node up there in the Ninth, or in Sagittarius. We get somewhat the reverse of, of the position in Gemini, the Third. North Node and the Ninth are in Sag are people who are so focused on the big picture and the big dreams and the big ambitions, um, so focused on the forest that they neglect the trees, the little details. And for these types with the North Node and the Ninth or in Sagittarius, the, the existential conflict lies in managing the details. There's an old maxim, the devil is in the details. So with this position, uh, relatives of siblings may prove to be a definite disadvantage if the person gets continually caught up in dysfunctional dramas. In fact, sometimes in these situations, it may even be necessary for them to relocate far, far away to remove themselves from toxic family behaviors to achieve their dreams. So there can be issues to deal with like bigotry or substance abuse or repressive fundamentalist religious beliefs that hold a person back if they remain entangled or even within a day's drive sometimes of the vicinity of these kinds of toxic people. Otherwise, 
uh, they can be overwhelmed by information overload to the point uh, where they're really unable to make effective decisions uh, or to get swamped in this kind of petty or backbiting and gossip and so on and miss the the bigger opportunities so this this existential conflict in the sense is how are you going to keep them down on the farm after they've seen paris so do you, do you begin to see how how this works how you can think your way i think through the meanings of the the moon's nodes in the houses if you consider them a very simplistic way to look at it is that the south node by sign and house position shows traits that you have mishandled or ignored in in a previous life or lifetimes and that that are therefore weak or will operate against you as long as you are unconscious of them but the second that they're made conscious through something like astrology only astrology as far as i know is to look at the archetype of the south node and think hmm so I've got the South Node in Sagittarius, which may mean that in past lives, I have neglected or mishandled the whole concept of higher education. I've not maybe gotten it, or maybe I've not been able to get it in a past life through circumstances. Uh, and so that in this life, I'm called to get it because I perceive an internal lack. So I'm going to read every book that interests me. I'm going to go to every class. You may or may not wind up with a college degree, but the idea of constant learning becomes really important. Whereas the North Node and the sign and house that it is in suggests positive karma carried over from a past life. So you can then build on the qualities of that sign and house. Does this make sense yet? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I hope it is sinking in for everybody else as well. The luxury is you can always go back and re-listen to these and let it soak in. You know, you mentioned about the third house and Gemini communications being the main point of emphasis. And you mentioned listening more than talking. You know, one of the things that's been revealing to me from this axis or from this part of the chart is that some of the most important communication is what we tell ourselves, not others. So beautifully put. So true. That's the most important communication. So when I see Gemini, I really think about communications, obviously, intellect, learning. But then I always stop and pause to ask, Thomas, what are you telling yourself through this or right now? That's made a world of difference. Talk about applying astrology just to daily life. That's just been huge. And, you know, that's really my mantra. I, I love astrology's depths, and I love to go into past lives and their possible influence on this life and so on. But when it comes down to it, I have always used astrology on a very practical way. And the first one, of course, is to know yourself and to, and to listen to yourself. Because this internal communication that you have with yourself uh, people have messages that they carry over from their parental background. You'll never amount to anything. Uh, you're, just so dis- you're so busy and distracted. You, I mean, you, you need to focus on something. You need to take life seriously. So there are all these judgmental voices that we can hear inside. And if, if we aren't aware of them or don't really pay attention to what they're saying to us, 
we can carry around these mixed messages from both parents. For example, I have a, I'm born at a full moon. I'm a full moon baby, sun, moon opposition. So people who are born at a full moon, very often the parents will divorce at some point. Mine did. But what happens is that the parents are opposite each other and in, 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 sometimes even separated. In fact, when I was born, my father was going down on a ship in the English Channel. Obviously, he survived, but I didn't meet him for six months after I was born. So they were literally separated third, ninth by distance when I was born. But the, growing up with them, if I pleased one parent, it displeased the other one and vice versa. So you get these cross currents of, of internal communications, as you're talking about, and listening to and understanding how that all works, uh, which basically takes a, a bit of information about psychology or getting into a group, to learn how you communicate and also to get acquainted with these internal messages. I love what you say about that. That, that conversation, that communication is the most important one. And then the, on the opposite pole of that, you've got that ninth house, uh, which on a metaphysical level really is the house of contacting your higher self. And some people call these guides some people in their own belief system think they are entities. I do not. I, my guide, if you want to call it that, is uh, when I first got in contact with him, it's an image of a man named John. Uh, I, I first asked, I said, are you an entity or are you me? And John smiled and he said, I am you. But I am also greater than you. And I understood that immediately. I thought, I'm fine. This is not some entity coming to possess me. This is a higher level of me, a bigger consciousness that I have seen as this figure and named. He, he told me his name was John, but it's a personification of my ninth house. And it gives you absolutely a teacher which are ruled, of course, partly by the ninth house. So when after doing this, communicating with this higher self, Thomas, one night, he said, how would you like to meet my guide? Meaning his higher consciousness. And I thought, oh, boy. So that's the level where you can go with this, with the notes, for example. And I... I I don't contemplate my chart in depth all the time. Nobody can. We all have lives. But when you do, it's amazing. If you give yourself a few minutes, 10 minutes or so, just to delve into and see where you go in contemplating anything in astrology, but especially these nodes, you'll find out a great deal of information on this axis, especially. A couple of points on Sagittarius, if you don't mind. Let me just mention these quickly. So one of the things that I realized uh, just in my own background, and this is where my little ears perk up around this, is that that south node in Sagittarius now, the south node can indicate a past of spiritual arrogance. Very good, yeah. And what I found myself early in my life, uh, we'll tell my story at some point. Folks who've listened to my other podcasts obviously know what that story is, but I was very evangelical back in my early days. So there was that Gemini wanting to preach when the South Node 
spiritual arrogance had not even been touched, much less resolved. You know, you're touching on exactly these themes. The I, I mentioned religious, sometimes coming from a fundamentalist religious background. Religions play a really important role in this axis. Um, they can religion can be dismissed by some people. They grow up either with no religion, or they grow up in a really oppressive religion. And as they mature and come into their own, they think, "Oh, I, I don't want this." But I have found a lot of times, especially with um, either node, really, in, in Sagittarius, there is a lifelong search for the truth and for this outer group or this book or this philosophy that's going to finally give me the key to the meaning of life. So they join Est. They join Lifespring. They join Scientology, they join this, they join that, always looking outside. And the thing I try and tell people about religions is that they are tribal stories about God, but they're not God itself. God is not a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim or a Zoroastrian or a Baha'i or any of God is all of them, really. In that sense. So the beliefs that we're taught from religion are basically tribal uh, allegories or myths or stories about religions. But that's that search that, that this axis is on, is that higher meaning. And I love your mentioning arrogance because that is so true with especially the South Node in, in Sagittarius because it it has a, an inner awareness that it lacks in some way critical Sagittarius qualities, and therefore it seeks them. But if it makes a superficial kind of effort at seeking those truths, then it does become arrogant because it realizes the minute somebody comes along and points out a flaw in the thinking, they get very angry and very defensive because you're basically saying you don't know what you're talking about, which is the last thing these people want to hear, because it's very unnerving to them to be thought of as uninformed, God forbid, stupid. They really don't want to be considered. So it's got that, that inner uh, restlessness, but along with it are, are the big dreams, the big goals that they have. And, and very often it is to serve the community in some way. And usually it has elements of preaching and teaching, just like you, you mentioned. So, uh, so knowledge and learning how to communicate and how they come across is really important with this axis because it can make or break somebody. Yeah, very much. Very absolutely. Because if you don't resolve, but what a path to come to earth to resolve that arrogance or that stigma. Let me flip it around. One more question, then we'll hit the door on the way out is let's flip it back the other way. So now the North Node is in Sagittarius and you mentioned focusing on the forest, but not seeing the trees. And then you picked up on that third house aspect of siblings, family, the friends and acquaintances that take us off our game, quite honestly, that can get us moving. And then you said to move away from those toxic people. And I just thought, as I was looking at this and I was thinking about it, so here's where astrology gives you clues. 
The third house is short trips. The ninth house is longer trips. So if moving to the next town over doesn't solve the problem, then leave the country and go across the pond. (laughs) It's like whatever you have to do, right, to get away. (laughs) True. You know, here's, here's how to think about it. If you've got the North Node in Sagittarius, for example, or in the ninth house, then one of the karmic gifts you come in into this life with is a lot of higher knowledge. You already have it. And that can make somebody arrogant because they perceive other people as not being as smart as they are. And second of all, the love of knowledge and wisdom with the North Node and Sag can lead to a lifetime of becoming so preoccupied with your study of philosophy or science uh, think of someone like Albert Einstein, for heaven's sake, who was able to probe in his own mind so deeply into physics, which is already pretty rarefied, that he discovered E equals MC squared, among other things, and the theory of relativity and so on. No, no human being before him had gone that far. But Einstein's private life was a mess. He was concentrated on the forest, the, the, the Sagittarian ninth house qualities, at the expense of the trees. So somebody born with North Node and Sagittarius very often will have family and relatives who bring try and bring them back to Earth constantly by these niggling little demands for time and attention and love and affection and all the million and one things that we interact with every day. So they're constantly bothered by having to pay attention to these stupid relatives' dramas or these little day-to-day details. They should already have somebody else taking care of you know, that sort of conflict. And if it becomes, uh, if they're in a dysfunctional family, sometimes in the extreme, really the only recourse is to get away. Otherwise, you, as long as you are within a day's drive, they will know that you're there and there will be emergencies that they will cook up to rope you back in. You've got to come stay. Your mother is dying. Well, what are you going to say? No, I can't. So it, it, it's a, they can be uh, one of the dilemmas on life stage that these people have to work out. Well, and the beauty of astrology is then as you start to understand these things and you know your own chart, then that all of a sudden is not running away. Absolutely true. Very good. It's running into <laughs> your running, own purpose. It's like I give myself. Yeah, I give myself. Exactly. I give myself permission to run to myself, to find myself. And, you know, conversely, Thomas, when the North Node is in Gemini and the so-called devil is in the details, these people excel or can at handling exactly that, all of the details that are necessary for success. What, what can happen with the North Node in Gemini is that they, they get so lost in pursuit. Oh, I can make it better. I can find out a little bit more. But they never take the practical steps to make this dream that they have of a book or a, a, a job goal or career goal. They don't take the, the time or do the due diligence so thoroughly to actually achieve those dreams. And that's the challenge with this axis, too. What a great study. Thank you so much for this. Well, thank you, Thomas. I appreciate your hosting this. And after we have completed this series, we will have a PDF available. It will summarize this information and can be a reference resource for you to look at as you are reading the nodes of the moon, whether for yourself or for somebody else. 
And yes, Robert is booking readings, and yes, they are filling up. But contact him through his website, rglasscock for the number four site, S-I-G-H-T dot com. There's also a direct link to his contact page in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for your wonderful comments and five-star reviews in Apple. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.